My name is Father Paul Herrick. The Lord's been doing some amazing things here. Just talk from your heart. Know your love. Jesus, I trust in you. Hello, everyone, and blessed day to you all. This is the producer of the podcast, Josue, with a brief check-in. So one of the unfortunate realities of working with technology is that sometimes it can fail. And during the recording of our Relationships episode, we experienced an interference that made us lose about five minutes of our podcast, which has now unfortunately become lost to time. Obviously, here at Campus Talks, we have a commitment to a quality listening experience, and we are making a conscious effort to avoid this in the future. Again, apologies, and we hope that you enjoy. I'll be checking in one more time to guide the listening experience during our lost transition, but after that, the vast majority of the Uncut podcast will commence. This is Father Paul Herrick with Campus Talk with Father Paul Herrick and students here on campus here at Eastern Washington University. This uh, next day and a half or so is Valentine's, and everyone wants to be in some kind of relationship or be invited out to do something. It's not always easy for a lot of people. So I thought we would talk about the word relationship. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is walking and two disciples and two individuals who weren't disciples yet were walking behind him. And he turned and he said this question, he goes, what are you looking for? And they said, well, we're looking for the Messiah or whatever. And he said, well, come and follow me. And I want us to recognize is that we're all looking for something and we're also looking to be in a relationship. So we're really going to explore what the word relationship is, both in the secular way and in the Christian Catholic way of thinking and the way of living. I have two guests here, uh, two of my finest uh, students, um, Alicia and Connor. Uh, Connor, why don't you just introduce yourself and um, just share about what the word relationship means to you. In particular, you were at a community college, then two years later you came here to Eastern. And just share what's that been like? Yeah, um, so I'm Connor. I'm a senior here at Eastern. I'm the student director here at the Newman uh, Center. So um, relationship is kind of weird for me in a general sense of like I am in a lot of like position of just like receiving a lot of people. And so like that relationship of like just receiving people where they're at and just like starting to build like that new like relationship there. I'm also recently engaged. It's been about two months since I've been engaged. That's amazing. It's very amazing. I'm very excited for our wedding. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, so there's multiple ways of relationship. I know for like the romantic way, like the relationship with Taylor is like a lot of just like taking my time and taking it to prayer and like pursuing that. But like relationships on a daily basis is just like asking people authentically being like, hey, how are you doing today? I noticed you look pretty upset compared to yesterday. Like, how was your exam? Like, what's going on? And so, like, truly, like, diving into, like, people's lives and taking, like, truly, like, understanding what they're, where, where they're coming from. Alicia, how about yourself? Hello, I'm Alicia Cray. I am from Southern California. And, yeah, I'm from the Inland Empire. And I now live in the PNW. And what is the PNW? It is the Pacific Northwest. It's not the A and W, which I would love a I love a, a root beer float if anybody want to get one. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. after this we'll get Slushy okay. Okay. Right? okay, anyway, get back on topic. <laughs> yes. Okay, go. And um, yes, I now live in the Pacific Northwest in Eastern Washington, and yeah, relationships to me means somebody. And somebody else, two people, 
come together to care about each other's body, mind, and soul. And as, sim- as simple as that, yeah, somebody who, who wants to see you thrive, somebody who cares about your well-being, whether that means friendship or relationship, being a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and just kind of like striving to be authentic with genuine intentions. Beautiful. So what I hear you both saying is the word connection. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. yeah. That Definitely. connection is a good thing. Connection oh, yeah. sometimes can be is a simple conversation that had some good meaning into a long life, uh, long term uh, friendship. I know many college students who uh, meet their their spouses or their best friends here in college. I always yeah. said to people when I worked with high school students, you know what? I know it's not always easy in high school. Wait to get to college mm-hmm. because you'll meet some really good friends there. You also talked about engagement. You mm-hmm. also talked about longing for something more. Mm-hmm. What would that for you uh, look like, um, Alicia, this desire for, um, well, just, just think about it when you were a freshman here. Yeah. And that you, what did you think you were going to experience? So, yeah. Or what, what was told to you? Okay, so growing up, I always thought that college was going to be this crazy party experience where I'm going to be going on all these dates with people and getting to know who I am and, and partying and, and just kind of like that was the wild times in people's life. So. At this point, we jumped into a section about social media and dating apps, which served as our springboard for the rest of our podcast. What follows is the final about 35 minutes of the conversation, which took us right on through to the end of this campus talk. All right. Uh, society that's really rooted in uh, technology and social media. And I've known many couples who've met on Catholic Match or some other sites that are healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, But have you guys ever experienced like, just like, gee, I've met a friend or two on it and I've seen them around or by and large, that's sort of a nice thought, but that's not the reality. Yeah, so I personally have downloaded Tinder in the past and I I definitely downloaded it not for the intention that usually people download it for. I was just kind of like, I'm just going to talk to people around this area, see like what's up and kind of get more guy friends because, you know, I love friends and stuff. So yeah, I downloaded it and I've made a few friends from the app, but they definitely didn't have the right intentions. And right, right. I even made my intentions clear of like not wanting any hookups or not wanting any, you know, non-virtuous relationship. And they definitely didn't respect that. So that was short-lived. Right. What about you, Connor? Um, the only time I ever downloaded Tinder was when me and my friend went to Canada and we were just trying to find activities to do. So what we did is we just swiped on everyone and then just tried to match with everyone. We just awesome. like, what's the coolest thing you have in this area? And so like, our intentions were never to like hang out with the person. We were just like, hey, can we get these ideas? And then so I've never really had that experience of like truly being in like look searching for a relationship through Tinder. I was mainly just trying to find cool activities because most people like the locals know more than I. Mm-hmm. So that was my philosophy there. Last week you met Josue, who is our um, producer and engineer. Josue is in college. And uh, can you share about your experience with social media and tinder or whatever app you've ever experienced or heard about i i deleted my tinder 
probably about half a year ago at this point because I just like we were saying I realized it is really toxic because you're not really you're not really there to actually find a relationship for the most part I mean maybe that was the intention at first when they actually created it but you're really just going for people that that look good which I mean that's the way that the culture wants it now but really that's not that's not all there is to a relationship so I mean I found at one point when I had like you know, like 20, 30 matches with people. But I was like, I'm not really trying to actually pursue any of these people. And then the, the conversations weren't really going anywhere. So then I'm, I'm thinking, there there's something innately wrong with this. And then pretty much all my friends use it. And they're kind of the same way. Like they're really either looking for hookups or they're just kind of, they're wasting time essentially. So I, I really don't think that it has value in terms of relationship searching. Which right. that is what, but people should be going for a traditional, you know, respectable relationship. But that value, I think, is it's dying in our culture currently, which is sad to see, for sure. I think something that you mentioned, like they're like they're wasting time. They're like looking for validation through mm-hmm. it. Like they're yeah. just like, oh, like if this person's wife tell me I'm I'm good looking, and so it's like a lot of people just looking for that self validation. Yeah, yeah, I have heard that, that a lot of people actually don't really have it for anything else rather than they just want to accumulate the matches or accumulate right. the messages. It, yeah, it's just it can, to have a number. Yeah, it can like totally build people's confidence and like the aspect like, oh, well, these people are interested in me. They're swiping right on my profile and stuff. It's like, well, they can be objectifying you and they can kind of be looking at you like a piece of meat or like a slice of cake. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not the exactly. move. And it could also do the complete opposite and like completely wreck someone's confidence and mm-hmm. make them extremely insecure because they feel so objectified. Yeah, that word objectified, when you, when you hear that... To me, it, it really is is this 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 sense of being used uh, mm-hmm. for their own gratification. Um, I want, as you said, a piece of cake. Well, I want a piece of cake every day, but that's another subject uh, around um, issues with overeating sometimes. Uh, but with that being said, is when we really think about the objectification of each other, that when Saint Augustine said this, and this is a famous quote, everyone knows that our hearts are restless until they rest in thee, O God, is that there's this ongoing restlessness in the human condition that craves relationship. In John 3.16, it's a famous, famous quote when it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that we would, that we would have life and have it eternal. I want us all to know that that it's that kind of relationship that ultimately that God is love and in that love do we find true authentic relationships first with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and then God ultimately will begin to purify and help us develop a good sense of who we are. That restlessness no longer becomes the forefront of our emotions. And we're not looking for things outside of ourselves to fill voids and depression. And we talk so much about anxiety. I know here at the Catholic Newman Center, we're very, very strong on how to build authentic relationships. Today is actually um, the day before Valentine's Day. But the last two um, Newman nights here at the Catholic Newman Center, we've had uh, a talk from last week on on. A married, wonderful married couple on relationships and and 
their relationship and how they began to grow first and foremost as friends and that their friends really then moved into this whole understanding of, well, we like each other more than just friends, but their intentions were very clear. And they even talked about that we're just friends right now. And then in their discernment uh, in their own vocation, Aaron shared that he knew that he wanted to go to the next level. And it was at that point he sat down with Shannon and said, Shanna, where are we now? Do we want to take this to the next level? Yes, they do. And they began a relationship. But it wasn't a one and done. It was a process that ultimately brought them to marriage. And and the next two and a half months, we should have little baby Filson around here at the Catholic Human Center. Um, let me ask you guys, how do you deal with restlessness in your own heart, Connor? Big question. There's, I yeah, know. there's a lot of things I kind of do. The biggest one for me is I go pray. That's like the first thing I try to do majority of the time is like if i'm just just can't handle anything i just sit in the chapel and then i just give everything to the lord right then and there and then i will after that either go start listening to a lot of music and make some tea and just like relax um those are like two of my favorite things you love tea i love tea and i've never known that what kind of tea do you like I like peach, peach. Uh, peach tea, black peach tea is a huge one. Do you, like that do you like green tea? I'd like green tea. Ugh. Yeah. It's like eating green seaweed. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, seaweed slurps. Okay. <laughs> Give me coffee thing. And... Yeah, anyway. Right, keep talking. Um, yeah. And then after like I kind of relax on my own part, I will reach out to a couple of my closest friends. And that's kind of like where I'll go is I go Jesus calm myself down and then go to my brothers and just like be like hey this is where i'm at and then they normally just sit with me in that situation and if they have a good idea we kind of talk it through and then we just hang out and so it's kind of like a three-part system of like Connor, i want to ask you this question did did you find in your relationship with taylor that because you had strong brothers that that was your relationship with christ and you had a strong brotherhood gave you the the ability to pursue a woman in your own life? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like if I and why is that? If I don't have my brothers behind me to like support me through it and help me like answer questions, one is there's just a huge confidence booster. Like That's right. that relationship I had with my brothers, I was able to be myself around them, and so that allowed me to become like be more freely of myself to Taylor, which then was a more authentic of a relationship between me and Taylor. Um, that was a huge one. It's just like that true confidence builder. And then it helped me learn more on my part, how to speak on my emotional side, um, too. Vulnerability. Yeah. The vulnerability. I love that word. Um, <laughs> and so it's just like that part of it was a huge one is that the vulnerability and just like learning to be more confident in myself allowed mm-hmm. me to like be more confident around Taylor. That's right. Last her. night at Newman night, we talked on the four levels of love. Um, and many of us have heard those and what you really talked about first and foremost in any relationship and where we've just got it so wrong it doesn't matter young or old um, is the Greeks talk about philos that that love it really is is it's friendship that people um, freely choose we freely choose to have people in our life Um, philos also can uh, be love of neighbor, a kind of love that Jesus spoke about, 
when he commanded us to love our neighbor as ourself. It's always hard to love our neighbor as ourself if we don't love what? Ourself. <laughs> Yes. And it's our faith in Christ and brotherhood and sisterhood that gives us this ability to love more perfectly and imperfectly, even when we screw up yeah. and when we are hurting, we understand that, that this kind of love is a love that is not predicated on our looks or our, our status or anything it's a love that unifies because of our faith and friendship in Christ. Alicia, what's that been like for you and your friendships? Alicia's one of our great uh, ambassadors here at the Newman Center. Uh, she's got this big, joyful heart. What have you experienced of just people randomly coming in here and they may not have had a lot of friends? And Yeah, so I definitely can, can say that for myself. Like, I came to the Newman Center... In the beginning of the school year, of my freshman year, um, just really, like, not really having anything in mind. I just knew that it was going to be cool and great and stuff. Because it's, if you are surround yourself with, like, like-minded people, you're going to kind of get what you want, in a sense. And I was surrounding myself with this, these positive, like, genuine people. Like, I just, I, I visited the school in spring of 2017, I believe. And, um... Yeah, I, like, visited the school, or 2018, I don't know, whatever, and I walked into the Newman Center, and right away, somebody came up to me and was like, hi, how are you doing? And, and, and like, I'm from California, and people have said that to me, but it just didn't feel the same as when I walked in here. It just felt like they actually cared already about me, and they already had, like, a place in their heart for me, and it's, it's, it's so beautiful in that sense. And that's what authentic relationships are all yeah. about is that when we um, have the good of the other that that love is really the definition of love is the yeah. will of the other the good of the other is that we don't need to worry about um, if we're having a good day or a bad day especially in college is there's lots of bad days especially in the Pacific Northwest because <laughs> right now it's cloudy uh, and we need each other we need oh, yeah. each other. You know, one of the other things we talked about was arrows. And it really is the, the, this passion. And it's the most uh, popular because there's a lot of stuff associated with the word. The bachelor. Um, the bachelor. <laughs> okay, we're not going to get into the bachelor. <laughs> but we do know that you're right. The, the bachelor is a terrible example of looking for love in simply all the wrong places. And yes, yes, it's a show. Yes, there's a lot of acting and a lot of stuff in that. Mm -hmm. But on, on a base level, even for that to be portrayed as a reality, because I know many people who look at the and watch The Bachelor, and they live vicariously through that. And we know, isn't that what social media on, on the negative side does? They use things that now aren't necessarily good and to portray something that is true. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. I watch The Bachelor, personally, and The Bachelorette, because it's kind of just like, it's a great example of what not to do. Okay. Well, I didn't <laughs> know that. It's a great example of what, what not to do, because they're, th these women or men, they're just kind of treating love as a game when love is a gift. And this is something that, like, we should not play with lightly. Sure. When it says that um, 
this love between man and woman, what would you say that the greatest desire that sometimes we experience in um, relationships, especially between two college students, Connor, you may want to speak about this. What is the deeper desires in it all? Um, the deepest desires for those would be like, honestly, for majority of college students, they just want sex. They want to be known. They want to be like seen and felt in that moment. And like, that's how they will like go to it. It's like through mm-hmm. sex. And so it's like whole, skipping that whole like beginning part of pursuing, pursuing all that. They're like, no, let's just go to the end result. But with like just going straight to that end result. And it just doesn't like relate to like truly how their desire, they're fulfilling the desires within like that couple seconds. And with that couple seconds, it's not like going. So they rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And so that's what majority of college students do. They just keep, they keep going. Cycle. This, it's a it's cycle. That, that it's not a good down. cycle. Yeah. You know, um, in my office, I hear probably three or four confessions a day sometimes. And I have to say the ongoing theme is I hear, Father, I didn't intend to lose my virginity. I did intend to have sex. It just happened. And I do believe that. I don't think that many of the people I've worked with and known over the years thinking, okay, at one o'clock today, I'm going to go and have sex. <laughs> but we also know that things happen in the midst of passion, in, a, in the midst of this eros that is disordered. Mm-hmm. And that our sexuality was made for God and it was the greatest and, and is the greatest gift in relationships, especially between a man and a woman in marriage prep. I'll talk with couples that around sexuality, there's two parts of it in the act of making love is there is the unitive is that we literally, or they are not we, but <laughs> awkward, but uh, that the couple Um, on that marriage night after the sacrament of holy matrimony are literally in each other. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, Father, you said that. But it's beautiful. (laughs) And the two become one. And in that great and powerful love, they're open to life. And I think what we have to recognize is that when I say talk to married couples, I'm like, hey, I want you to Use your sexuality as a gift from God, but it's also pleasurable. It's not meant to just to be this militaristic thing to do to have babies. It's meant to be unifying and it's the best version of each other is to give each other to their spouse. One of the great words I love and a lot of people love is agape. It's the highest form of love this kind of love that God is and gives to us. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. It's unselfish. It opens um, all that we have um, and all that we desire from God. And it's that kind of love that's also selfless, that we'll lay down our life for each other. I know here at the Newman Center last night, I got a phone call from a student he said, Father, I got to talk to you right now. I got to talk to you right now. And he was very upset and, you know, he's crying. I was like, okay, I'll be right over. And I called another one of the men, one of his brothers or mentors who I said, I need you to come over and, and be with this young man. And he had a terrible fight with his mom and it was hard. And 
but both of us, myself and this other student leader, was were tired, but yet we love this young person. But the best part of it was is that this um, student leader is the one who spoke into this young freshman's heart about it's going to be okay. And I said, like, why do you like this student leader so much? He goes, because he showed me what it looks like to be in a healthy relationship with a man. And therefore, he points me to God. And all relationships in our life ultimately have to point us to this deeper and more divine relationship with the God who desires us, who loves us, that regardless of our worst day and our worst moment, he speaks truth into our life. And this truth is that you are enough, you are loved, and you don't have to put on airs. You can be most authentic and most real. And boy, I think, Alicia, would you agree that your hardest times is when you know that you can turn to God and, and those women in your life? What has that those women been like in your life who've supported you? Yeah, so with that, it's just absolutely beautiful to have those those genuine, authentic relationships in in sisterhood and friendship where I didn't I didn't gain those friendships till like kind of later till till I was like a senior in high school or like a freshman in college that I, I, I gained these friendships where I can call these women my sisters and they care about my well being and they care about my heart in the sense that they'll they'll see me and they'll know like if something is off. And they they genuinely ask me like, Alicia, how are you doing today? And not just like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Like, no, it's not like that. It's like, how are you doing? How's your heart? And they care about that. And they, they want to see me thrive and they want to see me get to heaven. And I think building those friendships and, and having the right intentions in your friendships truly helps you emotionally and mentally and it helps you grow as a person. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, yeah, they can keep you accountable with your relationship with God and in general. That's great. Um, Connor was talking to me this uh, morning before we were talking about this. I said, is there anything you think you'd like to add? And and I remember him coming to me uh, last year and said, Father, um, one of our former missionaries who mentored quite Connor quite well and some of the other men talked to um, and shared and really was the base of their relationship around this authentic relationship four pillars of relationship and I really want us to segue into this because so how do you what, what's the foundation for good healthy relationships be it um, mostly men for with men in the sense of brotherhood and, and mm -hmm. women with women and sisterhood but just in general what what is what really works can you just talk on a couple of those let's say the first two um, is that going to be the physical and the four pillars, at least you didn't mention them or are physical, spiritual, logical, and then, um, emotional. emotional. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about emotional and physical. Those are normally the first two that connects with anyone really. Um, physical is like anyone that you go like work out with and you see them, you go to class with them. And that's like that basic, like we hang out with each other. We like just being around each other the whole time. And so that's like the normal basics basic for like any guy like both guys like lifting weights they'll go with weights with each other but they don't talk about how they're feeling with that day they're just like 
a good lift and then they walk away and that's like their relationship i know from like me in high school that was literally most majority of my relationships was because of all my when i played tennis that's all i did was just play tennis never talk about anything else but tennis with those guys and so that we only had that basis in our lives was tennis 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 and so it was only physical for us and then like the next step for most guys are either logical or emotional uh for like emotional it's just like hey man this really upset me when you said that or like, wow, I'm feeling like this today, which is normally like a subject that most guys avoid. But like that's like the start of like a more authentic relationship with guys is when we actually start talking about where we're at in that moment and how things make us feel. Um, for logical, it's like political party. What do you believe in that? Like what make, like how do they think? Like if like me and my buddy were like going to go out to the bar, it's like, they're like, hey, does Connor want to come? My buddy knows, like, oh, I actually don't like that bar because the bartenders are mean. Like, they know exactly how I think in a situation so they can think for me. And so it's, like, the understanding of, like, how they logically there. And then um, spiritual is, like, do I go to mass with these guys? Do I pray with them? Do I, like, actually ask them how their prayer is going and, like, figure out their spiritual life behind them? And that's kind of a really weird one to just jump into with some, like, random person, but, like, Especially at the Newman Center, it's pretty easy where I could just be like, hey, how's your prayer going? And I can, like, dive in more. Yeah. No, and actually to add on to that specifically, like, to the emotional, like, I have friends outside of the Newman Center that, you know, I do consider, like, my brothers in, in terms of, like, just in the film uh, aspect. But just, like, yesterday, uh, Tyrell, uh, one of the guys here at the Newman, he asked me, uh, what's worrying you right now in your life? And then I was telling him and I was thinking... I feel like I've never had a friend outside of the Newman ask me that just straight out. Like yeah. that's starting the conversation. So it's, Beautiful. yeah, just uh, finding friends in the right groups, I think is really like, it's really, really important. Would you guys say in relationships that sometimes it might mean being a little alone? Yeah, you definitely. have to wait yeah. and, and, and the Lord, you know, I hate to, this sounds sort of cliche, but mm -hmm. just ask God, well, I can't tell you how many stories in my own life, and I'm sure we could all share stories about praying and say, God, I need just one good friend, yeah. one good relationship that I can be authentic. And I think the word we keep coming back to is authentic. Um, yes. What's one experience of, of those four pillars, emotional, spiritual, logical, or physical, Alicia, that you can say that, boy, I've really tried to implement in friendships. Yeah, so definitely one of those pillars that really sticks out to me would be emotional. And it's just understanding where the person is emotionally, you know? Like, I've had times, because I'm from California, I'm so used to the sun. When it's gloomy here, sometimes I'll just feel, like, really down for no reason. Or I'll just feel, like, really groggy. And, and, like, my brain's all foggy, and I, like, just don't know why I'm feeling down. And, and my friend, my sisters and friends in general here, they'll ask me, like, Alicia, how are you doing? Like, I know that you you seem a little down today. Like, what's what's on, what's going on with your heart? Like, what's up? And, like, seeing where I am emotionally and just, like, reaching out and seeing how I am. And, and another beautiful aspect is openness. They're, they're open to how I'm doing. They're open to whatever's going on in my life because that opens up less judgment and, it, and it's easier to be vulnerable with them. So having that openness really, really helps with authenticity you know as we come to the end of our little podcast i just want to reiterate that the root of all friendships and relationships 
I really come down to this deeper desire to live authentically. And I would say that when we look at the gospel, the greatest relationship in the gospel, I think, of course, is, is the one of Jesus and St. Peter. St. Peter, who we all relate to, I know, he's the, the, the fiery fisherman, the one who would, um, on one hand, do anything for Jesus, but yet on the next breath, he denied him. And um, he was the one that cut off the ear of, of the guard who came to get to Jesus. And here is a man who ultimately was conflicted because he, his deepest desire was to follow his friend, but his friend also was his savior. And in his weakness, he fell. In his humanity, he fell. But we know that there were two people who fell. One was Judas, who betrayed, and Peter, who denied. And we know what happened to Judas. He went out and hung himself. Whereas, what did Peter do? He went out and prayed and repented. And he cried and cried and cried and ultimately encountered Jesus. And they were reconciled with the great the great reconciliation of all scripture outside of, of course, Jesus on the cross who reconciled the whole of humanity to himself was, Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times that signified the three denials. And ultimately, in one of those, it says, do you like me? And he says, Lord, you know I like you. And Jesus said, I agape you. I love you. I'm passionate about you. And that was God speaking. But also Jesus said to Peter, and Peter, you're my friend. I like you. I like being with you. And I think for all of you college students out there, never forget that you'll never find ultimately what you're looking for outside of this intimate relationship with a loving father, a loving God. It's not to say that you can't have really good friendships but what I am saying is that, go back to St. Augustine, is that our hearts are restless. Where are you resting your heart on? And who are you resting your heart on today? Tonight, we are having a Valentine's dance, and many students have asked, uh, uh, one of all the men in particular, many of the men have asked women out um, and uh, for the first time, and it's not to form a long-term relationship. But it was just to learn how to ask someone out. But I want to say to everyone who's like, I hope and I wish someone would ask me out. I wish someone would pursue me. Never forget that you are loved. Never forget that there's one who will always pursue your heart. His name's Jesus Christ. And we as, as young people, and even as an old man, it's my greatest desire. And I believe it's the desire of what the entire human race from all of eternity has desired is to what? Be in relationship. Connor, Alicia, I'm going to give you guys the last words. What do you guys have to say? Or Josue? I really liked um, the last part you just said about you, you're constantly being pursued through Jesus. Even when you feel like you're not, Jesus is always there. Um, one of my favorite illustrations of it is Jesus sitting there knocking on the door and he's just That's waiting great. for you to open yeah. up and just accept him for who he's at. So that's all I got to say is Jesus is just waiting for you. Amen. That's awesome. And kind of piggybacking, piggybacking off of that. Who, who created that? Piggybacking on anything. Well, I guess so. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, well, going off of what Connor said, you know, Jesus didn't just enter into relationships with people, enter into relationships with people who are just living in complete virtue, although he, he desired that for his brothers and sisters and his friends. But he also entered into relationships with the broken and the hurting. And having that mm-hmm. openness and that love that Jesus has for others will definitely help open up that vulnerability and open up that lack of judgment to create beautiful, authentic, genuine friendships. How about you, Josue? Um, yeah, I guess just to add on to both of those, uh, or I should say all three. Yeah, don't feel anxious to pursue or be pursued because as we we're saying, yeah, Jesus is always pursuing you. And actually you, Father, specifically in terms of relationships, you told me yesterday that uh, you'll find the person that you're meant to be with when you stop searching. Yeah, it's so, true. Like that's just like wow. Like, Father Paul Herrick said that every so often I'll say <laughs> something that has some kind of depth. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and As, yeah, blew and, my mind. <laughs> and we can only control what we can control. Like we can't control that we're not in a relationship or we're not being pursued. And it's truly when you find that love and are happy with with thriving with the Father. Mm. You you don't need to search for that other relationship and validation from other people or relationships. So finding that relationship with our Father. Amen. I want everyone to know tonight is uh, for many are going out and tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Never forget that uh, the greatest Valentine that we can give our own heart is a relationship with God. Never forget that you are all enough that you are loved just as you are and not as you should be, because none of us as as we should be. God bless you guys. This is Father Paul Herrick with Campus Talk. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, yeah. Josue. Thanks, Thanks Connor. So God bless you guys. Amen. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to Father Paul Herrick's Campus Talks. We greatly appreciate your support. My name is Josue, producer of the podcast, and we sincerely hope that these messages can help spread the perfect love of Jesus to every university campus here in the U.S. and across the entire world. To help us in this mission, we ask that you please like, share, and subscribe on all the networks on which we are available and help Campus Talks to keep spreading. If you would like to contact either Father Paul or myself with any questions or topic ideas, please message us on Instagram at ph underscore campus underscore talks or email us to phcampustalks1 at gmail.com. Me, Father Paul, and everyone at the Eastern Washington University Catholic Newman Center send you our love and appreciation. Always take care and God bless.